0: Lot of radio. Oh
1: shit. You now tuned into Culture Freedom Radio, the home of Lions Vibe Radio, Liberation Tabernacle Ministry, and much,
2: much more. Talk radio that wake up the minds of the people. Yes, sir. Peace and greetings, family. Peace and greetings. Peace and greetings. How you doing? I say welcome into the Sunrise Nine Show. The Sunrise Nine Show right here on of Freedom Radio Network, most definitely I am up in this house, up in this house. I am your brother, Brother Sunray Lai, Line, also known to you as Brother Aria Israel, or Sunray Moray uh, Aria Israel. Yes, sir. Just one of your hosts right here on Culture Freedom Radio Network. Oh, man, just coming in this house, just sliding in this house right here today, man. Uh, I'm not going to be before you long, but just sliding up in this house because I have something I want to on Friday. We had an excellent show on Friday. We thank y'all all all for tuning in and listening to the show. Whether you caught this show live or you caught the show in the archives, I really do appreciate you for tuning in most definitely always. And like I said, you can catch the shows right there on uh, the different podcasting sites, such as iHeartRadio. Yes, sir. Culture Freedom Radio Network is on iHeartRadio. The Amazon Music Store. Now they have a podcasting store as well. It's all on the same thing, Amazon Music and Amazon. Amazon um, uh, podcasting. Catch us there right there on Amazon podcast. And also, you know, the different ones, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, especially Apple, the Apple podcasting store. You can catch us right there uh, for Culture Freedom Radio Network, man. We just all over the place. Just look at and all of Google, uh, the Google Play Store, um, wherever there's a, a podcasting distributing uh, site or app. Just Google and search inside of those different apps and just look for Culture Freedom Radio Network, and most definitely, you will find us there. Man, those definitely. Just follow the show as well. Hit those follow buttons on those um, different apps, and you can get all the new shows when we go live. And I just want to tell you, uh, I'm just sneaking in the house right now, just sneaking in the house out. Uh, but Fridays is actually our uh, day that we actually come on live for our uh basically our panel talk show uh panel talk show that we come on Fridays. Uh you can catch myself, uh the, the Rabbi David Israel, uh Brother Alpha Male, Brother Justice, all of us be on there on Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. One more time that's seven PM Central Time, eight PM Eastern, and uh, we um host from uh right here on Blog Talk and we sign my cat as well on TalkShoe.com. Yes, TalkShoe.com. So if you like to come in and comment and uh share your thoughts and your opinions on anything that we talk about, like I said, each and every Friday night at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern, you can call in at the guest number at area code 563-999-3081. One more time, that area code is 563 is the area code. The rest of the number is 999-3081. That is the guest call, guest number to call in and share your thoughts and give us, you know, your opinions on whatever we are having a discussion on. Uh, just come on in on Friday nights when we are live, and you can do so at that particular number. Or if you just want to listen in, you might be driving around and whatnot, and you just want to just listen, you know, uh, you can just listen through that number as well. You can call that same number and just listen uh, as we have the conversation. But today, I'm just coming back in the house because I had some clips of on Friday. We had a great topic of discussion. We was talking about on Friday how the, um, the how the political how the political game played upon African American voters? Yeah, how the political game is played on African American voters? Yes, sir, indeed. And man, what a game they play on African Americans as a so-called African American black uh, voters. Man, what a game day play and we noticed the first day of so-called black history man black history month and and that may be i'm thinking right now sisters and brothers on on friday i'm trying to get together and get a show in mind for friday and the show says i talk about black history i think um this is might be friday show here yeah check it out y'all this might be friday show I don't know, unless something come up, you know, sometimes I come with, try to come with a title and something might come up if it's headline or something like that, I think is. Uh, probably more important for us to dive in and have a discussion. I might dive into it, but for right now, I think it's for Black History Month. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a topic of discussion this Friday. Is that um, I don't like I don't have no title. Just a scratch off the top of my head, y'all. Do because um, we you know we talk about Black History in America. Do the Black History books in America need to be revised? Yeah. Do the Black History books in America need to be revised or do our black history books need to be revised. And somewhat what I'm going about is like we get the same old uh and I'm not saying old, I take that back. That don't sound right. But I we get the same oh lot I'm keep on set about to say it y'all. We get the same thing every year and a lot of the history that we've been giving and nothing against the history that we have and the people who came before us and laid the foundation. But we it is the history that we get adult- though, though we think those books need to be revised and and what I mean is like a lot of us we have learned a lot now about certain things and uh, about our history that that probably had never been properly told, so do you think we need to revise the book and then start including these things? Just say for instance, um a lot of people now say that well we were the aboriginals here or the original people here those so-called people that they may call the indians were so-called us it was us black um and whatever ever did and i go deep into this friday i'm just going to lay down what it might be about now the details so that maybe need to be included of it's actual facts right that need to be included that we are the actual aboriginals and you know, um, like we have here, uh, we there's a lot of us. We say that well, we were the true Israelites. We were those true Israelites, and there's a lot of information that goes with that. And so that need to be included, you know, uh, that that can even go into showing how we got over here and this, that, and another. That can be. The, you know, to really show and tell and prove to go in our history books that uh, there's brothers and sisters say, well, we were the Moors. We were the people who were not called the Moors. Uh, that need, do that need to be included in the book? You know, we have the information, they have the information and, and things of that nature. And I'm going to show about, I'm going to go into this Friday about, you know, the different things, how it need to be discussed to actually put this thing together you know just just my thing i'm just just thinking out loud but you know so these type of things that we don't have we look at the read the history books we don't have when it come down to so-called african-american history but now with a lot of the information that we are finding in research the different different groups and different people we're finding these things out so do we need to revise the, the history books to include just just some of those things that I named, just some of them, to have those things included in our uh, American history books, or they say the African-American history books. So, yeah, so I'm going to probably get into that discussion on Friday, dude. The African-Black history books need to be revised. Yes, sir, that would probably be the topic of conversation. Uh, so we hope to hear see you in the house. But anyway, uh, on Friday, uh, again, uh, I had a couple of clips that I didn't get the chance to play on Friday. Um, so I just want to stop in today and play some of those because um, some of those things that we didn't get a chance to get into. And, and, and it was uh, going to give you all a backdrop since we was talking about the political games that people play on African-American African voters. Man, I can't get it out, y'all. Uh, the political gang that people play on African-American voters. And I want to give y'all, go back and do a backdrop on some things right fast on that we played. There was a clip. I hope I still have it here. Uh, I'm trying to see. Do I still have it on here, man? It was something because, again, how that whole title came because of the thing with Mitch McConnell. There, here it is. Um, with Charlemagne, and not just Charlemagne, but a lot of people were saying that, again, that we are not uh, African Americans, are not really Americans. How Mitch McConnell, uh, like I said, he said he misspoke, left out a word, and, and they said that he did not... Uh, uh, basically, was not including Black people, African Americans, as true American. You know, just and Charlemagne, and you know, I'm gonna give y'all just a little bit of what he was saying, and then I'm gonna play y'all something, a clip through the history of the Democratic Party, because y'all always hear me uh, saying here how the Democratic Party actually was the racist party, was starting off, and he you know, actually still is, you know, and how they actually play. The game against so-called African-Americans or black, you know, whatever title we like to be called. Um, and, but that's the thing. They play the game and that's what that whole show was supposed to have been about that, the game that they play. And that game was they was playing <laughs> again with soundbite um, with Mitch McConnell saying that we are not Americans. And this whole situation they're having with this voters right thing and, you know, black people, they had no problem about voting and all of this stuff. And they're trying to say that, um, you know, that that the Republicans are trying to make it hard and all of this stuff for you to vote. But let me let me play this little snippet here of uh, Charlemagne and uh, oh and I need to I'm gonna I'll have it for y'all another because if, if y'all the Breakfast Club I, I I can't stand that show but I'm sorry y'all I am sorry i I'll be honest I can't stand to even listen to that show because the 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 the, the propaganda they try to put out there um, you know to destroy the minds of I will say not the freedom minds but to destroy the minds of the people. And even with that damn, that music, I can't stand that all that's what they're calling today hip hop. Oh, man, I can't stand that music. Um, they're just a programmer. But, y'all, on Friday, I said, made a statement about the uh, Breakfast Club. I was talking about it. And they said that they are the most, uh, what was that? I said, that is a dangerous show. I said, that is a dangerous show. And I was talking about dangerous because of the information that they espouse and propagate to the people and have, you know, and the and, and, and influence because of that show. And people listen to that, and they will go out and espouse those same things that they say because of the influence of the people that's on that show. And they spray a lot of misinformation, indoctrinate a lot of people into a lot of, as I say, a lot of bullshiggety right? That's <laughs> why like I said, that's a dangerous show. But when they come on on their show, I was intending to get it before I came on. Um, they have, when they come on, and I've heard it today, I actually, I clicked on a podcast trying to listen to something, trying listen. And, and actually, it didn't say the Breakfast Club, but it was a station, and it was the Breakfast Club on there because, you know, they syndicate it. And when it came on, it said something about the most, the world most dangerous show or something to that degree. I'm going to have to look it up again when I get off of here. And uh, because when another co-worker, we was having a discussion not too long ago, and he mentioned it. I was like, damn, bro, you know what? I just really heard that today. And he's like, yeah, the most world, the world most dangerous show. And I was saying, I said, brother, I was saying that on Friday, and I didn't even notice what they actually say. They tell off on their self they might you might think they're saying dangerous in a y'all know how i said certain words can be said and it can be there's two meanings you know in the english how we say man bad is good bad meaning good ll a ron dmc said bad meaning good you know so you would think they're saying bad in a good way but no they're not bad in a good way they bad in a bad way yeah they are bad in a actual bad way but their intro says the world most dangerous show or something that. i got to look that up i got to find the intro and play it for you i can't do it now because of i don't have my actual regular equipment set up right now i just call in through my phone so i can't actually uh play all the, you know, the clippings that I need to play. But y'all can just hear, you can go on YouTube or however y'all, and some of y'all probably listen to the breath. I hope not. But, you know, that's your prerogative, Bobby Brown. Uh, like I said, that's your constitutional right. If you listen to it, that's your right. I can't take your right from you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let me play a little bit with Charlemagne, what he was saying when he was talking about the donkey the other day. And it's strange, ain't it? Now, now I come back to that. Let's play this right fast.
3: It's the, the Breakfast Club. Oh, I bitch. love it. All right, Charmaine, please tell me why was I your donkey of the day?
0: Well, donkey of the day for January 21st goes to United States Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, yesterday, I'm sure you saw him trending on social media after he made what people have described as an insidious comment. See, prior to a vote to move the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act to the Senate floor, Mitch McConnell was asked by a reporter about concerns among voters of color in which he implied African Americans are not Americans. Let's listen to the clip. What
3: is, what's your message for voters of color who are concerned that without the John L. Lewis Voting Rights Act, they're not going to be able to vote in the midterm
1: well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. A recent survey, 94 uh, percent of Americans thought it was easy to vote. Uh, this is not a problem.
0: Well, you know, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Uh, I don't feel a way about those comments because whether he's talking out loud or talking in private, they have shown us that's exactly how they feel through actions. In legislation. It's very strange to me that people react with such, you know, emotion and vigor over what someone said as opposed to what someone did. All right, that clip of Mitch McConnell saying that yesterday went stupid on social media. It was everywhere, all over my feed, okay? A lot of y'all had more smoke for that clip than y'all have for Congress failing to advance voting rights legislation. And changing the filibuster It's strange. All the Republicans and two Democrats, okay, Senator, our president, Joe Manchin, and uh, Senator, our vice president, Kristen Sinema, killed voting rights legislation. Made sure it died in the Senate, all right, the night before that Mitch McConnell clip went viral. But y'all make the Mitch McConnell clip go crazy for what? You know who he is? Mitch McConnell or any Republican saying something like that, uh, you know, and you being surprised. It's like being surprised that you see Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa sharing a blunt. I mean, if they, you know, we're sharing it, I can understand being a little taken aback because, number one, they're both rich enough to have their own blunts. So they can take it to the head and, two, COVID, but you understand my point. There's nothing to be shocked or surprised about here. Okay, do you know what Mitch McConnell has done to you niggas <laughs> and has been doing to you Negroes, huh? He literally calls himself the self-proclaimed Grim Reaper of the Senate. Play the clip.
1: Think of me as a Grim Reaper. None of that stuff is going to pass.
0: None of it. McConnell said, and I quote, my top priority when President Barack Obama was in the office, my top priority is to make Barack Obama a one-term president. Listen.
1: That our top political priority over the next two years should be to deny President Obama a second term.
0: He, he also said, and I quote, 100% of his focus is blocking the Biden agenda. Listen.
1: 100% of my focus is on stopping this new administration.
0: y'all was shocked about what he said yesterday come on man that's why it's comical that president joe biden thinks he can work with these people okay people like mitch mcconnell are clear on who they are they're clear on what they are about so they shouldn't shock you or fool you i think it's strange that y'all got more smoke from mitch mcconnell than y'all do Kristen Sinema and joe manchin okay if you're a democrat and you voted for democrats don't be shocked or appalled by the wolves in the republican party we know they wolves all right, that was just howling on Mitch McConnell's part. Some might say dog whistling. No, that was a big-ass wolf howling at the moon, reminding you how he feels about you, okay? America is a white country, and anyone who isn't white is another. Anyone who isn't white isn't a true American. That's how they see things, okay? White is the standard of this country. That's why they call it white supremacy, white superiority. Everyone else is inferior, okay? Less than. They said it in the Constitution with the three-fifths compromise. we acting like we don't know it's two Americas. We know this. Okay, we know the Black American experience isn't the same as the American experience. All right, that's why we keep fighting for equality. So what's there to be outraged about when he said that? All right, that's just confirmation, if anything, because we know how Republicans feel. So that part isn't even really the part Mitch is getting donkey today for. He's getting donkey today.
2: Now, now, y'all heard that right? Y'all heard that right? Just like I just heard it, right. Hmm. <laughs> Boy, if that is not misleading, if that is not misleading, get my propaganda. That damn show sure enough propaganda right there. Now, again, I played the whole thing a little bit with Mitch McConnell just the other day. I played that a little bit with Mitch McConnell. and Let me play just a snippet, and I'll come back to Charlemagne. Uh-oh, let me see. The outrageous Take this,
1: mischaracterization of my history and record on voting rights and race relations as a result of inadvertently leaving out the word almost in my comments the other day. African American turnout nationwide has been roughly increasing as all Americans has all increased. Interestingly enough, in Mississippi last year, the African-American turnout was both higher than the non-African-American turnout and a higher percentage of African-Americans voted in Mississippi than voted in Massachusetts. So clearly, the bills that have been styled voting rights have been misrepresented, and we had that debate this week. In terms of my own uh, life and career, um, I was there for Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in the audience. When I was a student at UofL, I helped organize the March on Frankfurt for state public accommodations law. Thanks to my role model, Senator John Sherman Cooper, I was actually there when President Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act in the Capitol in 1965. Um, This outrageous mischaracterization of my record as a result of leaving one word out inadvertently the other day, which I just now have supplied to you, uh, is deeply offensive. The Voting Rights Act is still the law, it was not struck down by the Supreme Court. It's still against the law, has been for over 50 years, to try to prevent someone from voting on the basis of race. States do largely control voting, and many states do engage in certain kinds of policies to to prevent uh, fraud. That's why fraud is so uncommon. Kentucky was a good example of a state that took a look at its laws after the pandemic decided to make some changes. And not only, as you know, did make some changes, but it was passed on a bipartisan basis and signed by a Democratic governor. And most people would say that Kentucky law is more restrictive than the new Georgia law. So I think caution should dictate before declaring laws that have been passed in various states as restrictive, they ought to actually be read. Um, now, are some legislators in some states, just like some members of Congress, proposing bad ideas? Sure. They don't pass. They don't pass. They're bad ideas introduced all the time in both the state legislatures around America and, uh, and Congress. But they don't pass. And so what's really going on here with the co-opted Congressman Lewis's name, stuck it on a bill that really was not related to the Voting Rights Act, which doesn't expire for a number of years, and hasn't been struck down. In order to try to achieve a partisan advantage by federalizing election laws, which they have been trying to do for a number of years, using different excuses at different points. With that, I'll be happy to... uh, Actually, I know you're not interested in it, but I'm here today talking to the Kentuckians for Better Transportation because Kentucky's gonna get about $5 billion. Some of that money's come down already. Um, Out of the infrastructure bill, I was...
2: Okay, it's going going into the infrastructure bill. Now, I just want to play that in this little four-minute totality that it was out there, right? Now, and one thing about here, is, y'all heard Charlemagne, would, they would do. See, there's one thing about Culture Freedom that I, that I try to do, that I try to do as the producer here and whatnot. I try to give you... I try to give you both sides of it. Now I played to Charlemagne. They clipped the donkey the other day. I stopped it just a little short of a think of a minute of it. But you know, uh, but you can go on YouTube and watch up Mitch McConnell under fire. Uh, Mitch McConnell under fire. You can go and listen to it yourself. You think I tried to cut something off, which y'all can hear. But I played majority of it, probably less than a minute that was left. But I gave you the meat of it, what he was saying. Now, one thing about that clip, what Charlemagne did, they gave you the 30, I think it was 32 seconds or so, when he was saying the part about African-Americans. Now, you didn't get the context as he just went into a little more context, Mitch McConnell himself. That's what we were saying on Friday, my good brother, Mr. Mr. Jackson, Dwayne Jackson, who tuned in with us, and we was trying to give y'all, tell y'all the context. When first of all, he said, if you check the stats... You check the status of the stats. Ms. McConnell started off saying, which a lot of people didn't know check the goddamn stats. You don't check the stats. You just, so you got piecemeals. You got the, as, as, as they would say, the dog whistle. You got the dog whistle from people like Charlemagne who listened to The Breakfast Club. Oh, see, there they, there they go. There they go. That racist bullshit. There they go. That racist shit. That's what you got. You got the dog whistle with that. Or to make you think it was the the, the dog. And, and let me say this for the record: I am not by any uh, way, shape, or form trying to take up for the Republican Party. I am just as I keep on trying to reiterate here what the culture freedom motto is: We're here to liberate the minds of the people. That's it: liberate the minds of the people. And doing that is. We got to destroy the damn lives. In order to liberate you, we got to destroy the lives. We got to try to take the shackles off your damn mind because you don't have shackles on your feet anymore. You know what it's on shackles on your feet? You don't have shackles on your feet anymore like slavery. They're in, in, enslaving your mind now, just like they had to do back in the days where they still had to indoctrinate you and break your mind. to break you mentally and that's a still the same thing is going on now they're breaking you mentally so culture freedom i saying here is it's not a democratic thing a republican thing even though y'all hear me say that i'm a conservative and my values and my value system my moral value system i'm not i'm not shying away from that but here again the demo the republicans of hell they can take up for the goddamn self just like probably the republicans can i mean the democrats can But I'm here as a brother who understand, who listen real goddamn well, listen well, to to stop Apple from being captivated by this foolishness. That's what I'm here to do. So it ain't about a damn Republican thing or nothing. It's to stop you, man, from being fooled by these damn people. That's my job. That's all what I'm here to do. Like I said, not to take up for the Republican Party. I'm just making it clear, for the record, for the record, as my Morris brother would say, for the record, all right? So again, here we go. So the part that Charlemagne and them, with they dog whistle was doing is to uh, have you thinking that that, what Mitch McConnell's statement so forth was saying that you are not you are not the same as other Americans, or you're not even Americans. That's what he—that's—that's that's what he was trying to uh, uh, somewhat iterate to y'all. You are not Americans. African Americans are not the same Americans, like you know, hell, uh, Japanese Americans, Italian Americans, Mexican Americans, whoever else Americans, Asian American, You are not the same. You're not the same. You know, you African-American, but you're not the same. Or you not even American. You no, know, because what, what did he even have to throw in there? Didn't he throw in the three-fifth clause? Didn't he throw in even the three-fifth clause? And y'all, come on, y'all. Y'all still falling for the goddamn trick about the three-fifth compromise. Y'all still falling for the trick about the three-fifth compromise cult- of saying that you are not even human. Listen, man, when did – listen, God damn. We're going to probably have to go into this on Friday because when did the three fifth fifths clause – when was that even um, – I'm trying to put – what's the word I'm trying to say? When, when did that – when When was that even going – when did that even happen? What time frame did that even happen? Does that, does that relate to you today? Because I, I, I promise you, I, I think – or that I can remember that the three fifth compromise happened during the time of slavery, right? If I'm, if I'm, if if somehow my memory served me correct, was that time of slavery, unless you still a slave, I mean, you know, unless you, you still a slave and you're still looked at as property, you know, when, when they're counting you today, uh, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. So, you know, other than that, I don't see where you are, you are supposed to be looked at as the, uh, under the three fifth compromise. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to figure this I'm just trying to figure this shit out. Like how, are you still under the? Um, are you still a slave? Are you still a slave, and you're being not being counted? Because I, I promise you, I think now, if I'm not mistaken, I think they send. Uh, what's that damn thing I'm trying to say? Don't you get census? What you call a census paper come to your house? Don't y'all get census papers that come to your house and tell you to fill it out? Is is that not right? Do you get census papers come to you coming to your house? Do, you, do any of y'all that y'all fill it out yourselves, or do the government or state whatever just fill it out themselves? I'm just trying to figure it out, y'all. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to see. Now I'm looking up something here. The Compromise of 1850, the Compromise introduced by Henry Clay that would allow California to enter the Union as a free state. That's not it, right there. That's not the one I'm looking by. I got to find the Three Fifth Compromise. That's the one I'm trying to look for. I'm trying to hurry up and look for it through this book. Um, But I have African American History book, cause they do have it in here. So I was trying to. find it in here but i don't I guess i don't have time to look for that part today i find it though after I, when i'm looking for this other clip i find it i want to play the clip but yeah man like charlemagne them um, y'all just get out this subject right there. But, but but going back right fast mr mcconnell before i go into the clip mr mcconnell laid out what he was talking about my brothers and sisters you had no there's no <laughs> the laws are still in place and and what we're saying here is, again, that the Democrats are fooling the hell out of you. They're using you again, my brothers and sisters, playing the racist game, as they always do, that they're playing this goddamn racist game to make you think the problem with voting is because of you. They're trying to stack the deck, as my brother, Mr. Johnson, I mean, Mr. Jackson, we were saying on, on last show, that they're trying to stack the deck and make sure they can stay in the house. See, they know they got your vote. And a lot of them, you know, some black people have been so called waking up from that, right? They've been waking up from this this foolishness and they like trying to ensure now by allowing immigrants and people like that and to come in and want to ensure they can vote whether they got ID or not. That's the trick, y'all, y'all ain't that be understanding. That's the trick. That's the goddamn trick. But it's always, as I remember Elder said how they always use us as the scapegoat. They always use us as the scapegoat. And think about this. Right, fast. I'll this, play this clip. I'm talking about something. Charlemagne has a segment called The Donkey of the Day. The Donkey of the Day is a jackass, right? There's other thing, a jackass, right? <laughs> Meaning, and then you look at the definition of a jackass or a donkey, a stubborn person, a male ass or donkey. And let me ask you all something. What is the what is the icon for the Democratic Party? What is the, what is the icon of the Democratic Party? Do you all know? I heard you all out there. Somebody said the jackass, the donkey. Uh Uh-huh, the donkey, a jackass, a stubborn person. That's a hell of a symbol for the But y'all better go and look up that. And why did Andrew Jackson, mm, interesting. Why did Andrew Jackson, why did Andrew Jackson choose the donkey to represent the Democratic Party? Did y'all know Andrew Jackson was the founder when the the one who founded and organized, started organizing the the, the Democratic Party? Y'all know that? Because, again, if you know the history of how they're set up, their so-called founding forefathers stated that they did not want this country to be a two-party system. They did not want a two-party system because you know why they said they didn't want a two-party system? They said that this two-party system would tear this country apart. Hmm, interesting, interesting, ain't it? And it sure the hell been happening. And they've been going at each other's throat every goddamn since. But that's what their so-called founding fathers said. They didn't want, want, but again, Andrew Jackson did otherwise, started the Democratic Party. Then you had, after that, you had something called the Whig Party. But anyway, um, I just throw that in there. So the Democratic Party symbol is the damn jackass. A stubborn, stubborn person. So I guess that's why people vote for the, you know, (laughs) they, they constantly vote for the Democratic Party. No matter what you tell them, no matter how you tell them about the Democrats, don't give a damn about you, Malcolm. Try to warn you, as I always keep saying about Malcolm, talking about the liberals. You don't want, you didn't want to hear Malcolm. You said you love Malcolm. Malcolm was right on, but you didn't want to hear Malcolm what he had to say. Let's play a little Malcolm right fast. Let's play a little Malcolm here, right to get this. There are many whites
0: up. who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. and taking take him for a friend.
1: But
3: Malcolm X got what was coming.
2: I keep forgetting that old crazy-ass end of that part right there. That was some old racist-ass, I guess, put that part on there. But anyway, but he telling you the truth. They are the most dangerous, it, like the breakfast club. <laughs> yes, sir. They are just like the Bible talked about, Satan made the most cunning creatures of all the beasts of the field. And they sure have been cunning the hell out of black people. Man, check it out, y'all. The three-fifth compromises. He talked about the three-fifth, the three-fifth, the three-fifth. Let me. That's why I ask you: Are you still a slave today? Are you still a, if you still a slave? If you uh, if if the three fifth compromise still exists, that means you still actually a slave today. You you are you are a slave because here we go. Right, three fifth clause. This is from uh, I'm just reading some a snippet from my glossary, uh, the glossary of the African American. I have a uh, book called African American History book, right, and um, it says the three-fifth clause clause, excuse me. It says clause in the constitution that provide that a slave be counted as three-fifths of a free person in demanding, in determining, excuse me, in determining a state representative in the House of Representatives in the Electoral College. Do y'all understand? Do y'all hear that clearly? Because I kind of messed up. Let me make you read that again because I messed up on a word. Three-fifth clause. Cause and the constitution that divide that a slave. That's why I asked for well, y'all, are y'all slaves today? Because Charlemagne said, you know about the three-fifth thing. Are y'all still slaves? A slave, that a slave be counted as 3 of a free person. Which one of y'all are slaves out there? Raise your hand. Now, you can't. You ain't free, so you can't raise your hand. You don't have the freedom to raise your hand. So that's all right. Don't raise your hand. See how they, play. are you, goddamn it, free or you a slave? This does not apply to you. The three-fifth compromise or the clause does not apply to you today as a free person. Now we might not seem like it because there's a lot of things they have a hindrance to try to stop you. They try to stop you from having opportunities certain kind of ways. But there is some there is some opportunity. But sometimes they put obstacles there, not denying that. Not playing the games and not that damn it like I'm 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 stupid and don't see certain things. But I'm saying this is this does not apply to you. This is not the time frame, the timeline that this shit, put, that, that it applies to you. <laughs> but let's play something right really fast. Let's get into this other clip. Where did it go? Let's look at some, we're trying to get the history something of this damn Democratic Party. And y'all see, though this shit still somewhat apply? Check this out.
3: Today's Democratic Party believes that government has an important role to play in society. It fights against economic inequality. It advocates policies that battle racial and gender discrimination. But it wasn't always this way. The Democratic Party was once the party of white supremacy, supporting slavery and the Ku Klux Klan. To understand how the party made such a huge shift, you have to go back to its origins in the mid-1820s, when it sprung up supporting the presidential candidacy of a popular former general, Andrew Jackson. Jackson was an outsider, challenging the political establishment and the elites of his day, and his critics disparaged him as a jackass. But Jackson embraced the animal as a symbol of determination, and donkeys started appearing in newspapers to represent him and his followers. In the 1828 presidential election, which saw record-breaking popular participation, Jackson won in a landslide victory. So his supporters argued that they, and not the old elites, represented the popular will of the country and they started calling themselves the Democratic Party. Jackson's administration immediately began expelling Native Americans living east of the Mississippi River, an issue that defined the new administration. After he signed the Indian Removal Act into law in 1830, five large tribes were rounded up and forcibly marched into territories and camps further west. And the Democrats' ambitions didn't stop there. In the 1840s, the party adopted the doctrine of manifest destiny. The idea that Americans, white Americans, were divinely entitled to dominate the whole North American continent. Democratic President James K. Polk put this idea into action, massively expanding U.S. holdings by annexing Texas, acquiring Oregon and winning much of what's now the southwestern U.S. in a war with Mexico. But soon afterward, national politics devolved into bitter controversy over whether new states entering the Union should be permitted to allow slavery. Democrats said they should, since their support base was strongest in slaveholding states. Yet a new northern party, the Republicans, sprang up in opposition to expanding slavery any further. When Republican Abraham Lincoln won the presidency, the South seceded and the Civil War began. Once the Civil War was over, the Republican Party was bitterly unpopular among white Southerners who wanted to maintain supremacy over former slaves. So the Democratic Party promised to limit federal government intervention on behalf of black citizens. Democrats became effectively the only political party in the South, aided by intimidation and suppression of black voters. Democrats also won on state and local levels, leading to the constant abuse of the rights of black citizens. As the 20th century began, the country was changing, and the Democratic Party was changing, too. A handful of individuals and corporations had grown enormously rich and powerful, using their vast fortunes to influence politics. And as a reaction to this, some reformers began pushing an agenda of progressivism, arguing that the government should take more of a role in regulating big businesses and improving ordinary people's lives. At first, these progressive reformers were present in both parties. But it was Democrat Woodrow Wilson who won the presidency in 1912 and put much of this agenda into action over Republican resistance. So the Democratic Party became the main home for progressives, and the Republican Party became more the party of business. But it was the Great Depression of the 1930s that sealed the Democratic Party's new identity as the party of government activism. In an effort to combat the crippling economic situation, President Franklin Roosevelt signed what was then the largest package of domestic government projects in American history, calling it the New Deal. And in the process of doing this, his administration dramatically expanded the size of government, yet the party was still split over race. By the mid-20th century, it contained Southerners who staunchly supported segregation, liberal reformers trying to end it, and many politicians who were just happy to look the other way. But in 1964, when the Senate voted on the anti-segregation Civil Rights Act, this shows how the progressive reformers in the party had gained the upper hand, steering the party away from its racist past towards equality and social justice. But the Democrats in the South voted against the Civil Rights Act, remaining wedded to the idea of segregation. This chart shows the presidential vote for black voters, Around the 1960s, black voters who had already been moving towards the Democratic Party would begin overwhelmingly supporting the Democrats from then on. And conversely, the Republicans would take a huge hit among black voters. Meanwhile, white Southerners moved away from the Democratic Party they had been loyal to for so long, in part because of race, but also because of a suspicion of big government and a desire to defend traditional values against liberal activists. Democrats would go from dominating the South to losing almost all influence in the region. Thanks in part to this drop in popularity among white voters, Democrats started losing elections, often losing by huge margins. But demographically, the U.S. is becoming an increasingly non-white country, and the Democrats have had a comeback, thanks in part to minority voters. The huge influx of Hispanic voters has especially benefited Democrats. These demographic shifts helped the Democratic Party, once the advocates of white supremacy and slavery, to elect the first black president in 2008, showing just how much the party had changed over the years. Yet it's not entirely clear where the future of the Democratic Party will lie. But as America becomes more diverse, it's likely that the Democratic Party's appeal among minorities will continue to be its strength into the future.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, you can find that clip if you want to actually watch that video and find that clip. Just go and look up right there on YouTube, From White Supremacy to Barack Obama, The History of the Democratic Party. Let me say it one more time. The clip you can find right there on YouTube is From White Supremacy to Barack Obama, The History of the Democratic Party. And that's just a video and y'all might say, Well there's UK YouTube he lying about that. Well hell, all you gotta do is look up in some of the history books and just study and look up some of the history. That's why I tell you, sisters and brothers, again, when you seen them tearing down all of this those Confederate statues, right? Remember now. Who were the Confederates? Who became of the Confederates? Who were the Confederates? Remember now as he said when 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 the South uh conceded from the union and they started their own you know southern state of confederate states who was that again the democratic party right because we know the democratic the democratic party wanted to expand slavery those southern states wanted to expand slavery they wanted to go out through all of the united states but the republicans they was like no they like i said they wasn't fully against it of slavery but they did not want it to spread throughout all of the united states and it was all about money too you know you know because up north it was big industry and industrial thing and down south it wasn't you know up there they were down south you know they they made their money like off free labor, you know, shit. They're free labor. But up north, you know, they did have warehouses and shit. They had to basically pay the people to work and, 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 and you know, the really the north couldn't compete with that goddamn free labor and shit. You no know, so but anyway, it, it was about money too involved in that. But uh the Republicans didn't want it to spread throughout the United States. But so again, context um that the the, the South was the Confederates. They were the Confederates, the Democrats, right? Goddamn, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nathan Bethed Far them. They were the goddamn Confederates. So this is why you've seen, that we've seen when Trump under that, when they was tearing down all of them goddamn statues, that was them trying, that's why I keep on telling y'all, that's just them trying to hide their racist history. That is them trying to, Cover up their racist ass past, right? And y'all know at the end of that video, he said something very interesting. And notice he said, and y'all look this shit up too. That America is 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 coming more of a non-white country. Y'all heard that before. Y'all don't heard that before, right? That's why they're telling you that. Maybe in the year twenty thirty, that the Hispanics, as they say, the Hispanics is gonna be the majority. Not black folks, not African Americans, gonna be the majority, right? They're saying that the Hispanics or Mexicans, whatever they want to, whatever they call them, are going to be the majority. That's why they wanna bring them in, cause they look, they do anything to stop your black ass from coming the majority. So they are bringing them in by the truckloads, the airplane loads. There's been videos. They've been seeing them bringing them in. But y'all, that, y'all think Brother Sunray, brother from Ray, brother Ari? Y'all just making up some conspiracy? He just talking. with Cameo say talking at the side of your neck? No, my uh, my my bad, day. That's your part right there, my bad. But y'all think brother cr- crazy? Because I'm just saying some shit that that's come on, man. You're going too far, son. you're just making up shit. Okay, okay. Whatever y'all say, that's fine. that damn it with me. You can believe as you will. But anyway, but even with that, they said that <laughs> the, the 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 it was the America is coming more of a non-white country. Even Elijah Muhammad hinted to y'all on a lot of that stuff. But anyway, so it's like I said, the Democratic Party had been losing their steam and all of this type of stuff, but you know the end of the video he tell you if it wasn't for if it wasn't for African American voters and so called Hispanic or Mexican voters, as they say Hispanic, hey man, the Democratic Party would be don't fell a goddamn part. It would be have fell a part. This is why y'all basically see now them with the maneuvering they're doing and the things that they're doing, they're putting a lot of black people in place because they really don't damn near have a choice now. Because it's just like that's their last, what is like the Alamo? it's their last damn stronghold. They're putting now the game just put anybody, put black Barack Obama, first black president, because they they had to do that, you know. And they had that was that was they had to do it. It was no other choice. It was like a basketball player or something, you know. He really can't play that good, but damn, we shorthanded, you know, like COVID. I'll be watching the games now. You got a lot of players that's out, you know, that can't hardly play. Either they injured or something else or they got COVID protocol. So there's a lot of teams that are shorthanded right now. Hell, they got to go to the G League and get players out of the G League to play. So um, even with the Democratic Party, man, they damn near getting shit like we're damn. We messed up, man. We don't want all these goddamn black people to leave, man, because, shit, they lead the party. We through it. So, like, shit, you know what? We ain't got no choice. Put the Negro in the put the negro in the game. Put Barack Obama in the game. This will keep him. This will keep him. This will keep him with us because, like, we got a first black president. He's a Democrat. That'll keep him in the game. He can't play that goddamn good, but put his ass in the game. You know what I mean? Then this is what the trick that they've done with Barack Obama it was a further draw-y'all-ass being to really stand loyal, 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 what's that goddamn word, y'all? <laughs> being loyal to that party. To be loyal to that party by sticking him in the game and letting him play, right? Let him run point guard, as y'all think he would. But anyway, that's another story. And so now you're really going to be going like, well, see, if he, he wouldn't have never got in there as the a goddamn Republican, black Republican. Them racist motherfuckers wouldn't have never let him be. They wouldn't even nominated him. So this is how y'all got lost. Y'all, come on, man. Y'all got to watch the goddamn rabbit in the hat trick. Watch the rabbit in the hat trick. Watch the David Copperfield, the grand delusion, my friends, the grand delusion. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, man, this is real to y'all, man. I just had to come in the house, shortly, just talk to y'all a little bit, man. Like I said, I wasn't going to be in here long, but, um, yeah, we're going to go into some history this, um, on Friday. should, um, that might be the topic, y'all. Don't hold me to that one. Uh, something else might come up. I might get the inspiration to do something totally different, but, uh, you know, other than that, that might be the subject. But, man, yeah, brothers and sisters, man, y'all got to, man, you know, just think about some stuff, man. Use your mind. Use your mind. And I and I say this, man. I say this, brothers and sisters, out of all sincerity. We think a lot of black people, and that, that was a title that I, was so, I thought about doing. I might do that. I might do that one. All black people... Are not on the same team. All the black people, we're not on the same team. Everybody, all black, we're not on the same team. Y'all think that shit? We, we're not all on the same team. Dave always speaking about the boulet like we seen Brother Steve Coakley. Y'all best to believe a lot of people. We're not on the same team. They might scream the same shit, you know, man, this, that, and another. But we're really not. There's a lot of black people who working on beh- on, on not on your behalf. But there are some black people who's working against you, who's working against you and I to keep us somewhat in a downtrodden, subservient position. There are some black people who's working to keep you in poverty. And I'm not saying not some of y'all are in poverty, but a lot of people who in poverty. There's people who working to do that. There was a movie I was watching on um, Amazon Prime the other day. I can't remember the damn name of it, but it was a movie, and it was said it was based on a true story. It was open somewhere in New York, and they had these real realtors and uh, was trying to buy up all the properties some projects, and they got a name of them. And the- I might have to go back through it and write the names down, because there was some projects they named in there, and um, they had they had they showed the thing they had a Jewish dude in there so called European Jew in there uh, he was the main one they was trying to buy up the property but they had a dude uh, like from India something from India and they also had a African American as some people like say a black man in there who was involved but the Jew was trying to, tell them to listen he was trying to the Jew the so-called Jew was telling them, "Hey, man, we got a, we got a timeline. You need to get these people out of there." And I'm gonna tell you what they were trying to do. They were trying to buy this property, but they was flooding. Here's the trick, y'all. They was trying to. They had little dr- drug dealers who worked in, in the projects anyway, but they was trying to flood the projects with drugs. That sound familiar? They were flooding. These and these people who wanted the wanted the the investors in trying to get this property, they was trying. They flooded the community with drugs, and they had them going to war with each other. They had them going because they they in order to because it was like to bring down the value of the properties. It's like we talk about now. What's that thing, y'all? Uh, uh, regentification. I think that's the name of regentification. How they and they bring down the values of some neighborhood and then it goes so low that they come in and buy, like they said, pennies on a dollar. Y'all better pay attention to why the crime rates are so goddamn high in America in certain certain particular areas, especially in a lot of what they call low-income areas and look up a lot of this stuff and watch watch what's happening. That's what happened to a lot of these projects here in Memphis. The crime rate had been so high in some of these projects and, and all of these type of things, they threw in the drugs and alcohol and the prostitution and all that that goes along with it, people killing each other. And next thing you know, what happened? They started tearing down the project, move the people out. They moved them out and moved them into other sections like they started doing in that movie. They said the same thing. They started talking about giving people eviction notice and telling them they had to move out and get out of there. So the same thing happened with here in Memphis. They started putting people out, giving them vouchers, moving them into the others, I mean, into the other parts of the inner city. And now those, were those, all these projects that used to be in the city of Memphis no longer exist. They tore them down. Investors bought them, and they tore them down, and they cl- claim now they call inf- uh, affordable housing. They don't look it ain't nothing like all them projects gone now. All of them are gone here in the city of Memphis. So even with that movie was showing it, but they show you so why we have a lot of drug infested areas, the, the 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 uh violence and the shooting and the murdering, huh, are investors behind this shit? Is it a big plot? Is it something a scheme? Why this is this happening? And even in that movie, it was black people involved because they were in bed with the European so-called Jew, a Hindu, and it was another black guy involved in that. He was there to make money himself. He was supplying a Puerto, I think it was a Puerto Rican guy. He was supplying them with drugs, uh, kilos of cocaine. That the, the black brother now was supplying the Puerto Rican with the drugs and he started going in having war with the brothers and killing them all. All right, y'all, I got sixty seconds. I'm gonna get ready to get up out of here. Thank y'all for tuning in right here to Culture Freedom Radio Network. I right, am Brother Ariyah, also known as Brother Ray nine. We see y'all in the house on Friday. Thank y'all for tuning in always right here to Culture Freedom Radio Network. And we say something man that y'all find as very informational, thought provoking. Amen. Share the show throughout the various social media outlets and um word of mouth, however you can do it, because number one, this thing here is what? We're here to liberate the minds of the people, free the minds of the people, and that's what our mission is. That's what our job is right here at Culture Freedom Radio Network, not to indoctrinate you, bring in, take you out of one damn state of mind as indoctrination to another and That's not our job. Our job is to help you free the mind. Thank you all for tuning in right here, man. See you all on Friday, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Peace. I'm up out of here. Peace.
3: This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PWC to see and stay ahead upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
2: 18 plus.